the truth will set you free. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! I'm just being honest. Seriously, you're just being honest. Honestly, 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 honestly. Hey, what's up, everybody? You're now tuned in to another edition of TBH the podcast. And I'm your girl, Angie, and I'm here with my ladies. What's up, world? Hey, it's Joanna, a.k.a. Jo, um. It's JoJo Says. Yes, and we are back with a further edition. And today we have a special guest with us, which I'm really excited about. Uh-huh. Uh, we have uh, therapist Geraldine with us. Yay, that sounds so weird. It sounds mad adult. <laughs> <laughs> no, it sounds like a perfect girl. <laughs> so um, I'll let you introduce yourself and let everybody know, you know, what you do. I know that good stuff. Sounds good. So my name is Geraldine. Um, however, my uh, social media handle is at for curl's sake. Um, and I am a black therapist. Plain and simple. My credentials yes. are... <laughs> my credentials are specifically in marriage and family therapy but I'll just do like a 30 second breakdown it really doesn't mean that I don't meet with people individually it just means that um, we believe that as human beings our individual experiences are connected to our upbringings and the people places and things that we choose to be a part of as we grow up right so the partners that we choose to be with the friendships that we have um, as adults are inevitably sending from um, our childhood, our, our upbringing, so on and so forth. And then, of course, our social experiences, mm-hmm. um, which, of course, we'll talk about at some point today, um, how even systemically what's going on um, in current That is what family therapy is, but a lot of the work that I do, original timeline, but it's all good. He's amazing. Philadelphia, PA, for now at least. Um, and a lot of what I'm going to be talking to you guys about today is in the tri-state area. So PA, New Jersey, um, New York. Okay. So I just wanted to give that heads up. But I never expected you to be a therapist. I mean, I don't know, like, really. That doesn't always mean that 
it's a good or a bad thing. Every family has some level of dysfunction. Um, and I just, one another but we didn't really know know each other and we didn't really know what each other was going through unless you were within a specific clique right um so and and that's fine i don't think that there's anything wrong with cliques we gravitate towards who we feel comfortable with socially that being said that doesn't mean we want everybody else to be suffering behind closed doors if they are i don't mean i don't say yo no black therapist that I knew um, and there's no Asian um, professing clinicians um, which I thought was problematic um, a lot of it too stemmed from um, me being raised to basically be programmed to either choose being a nurse a doctor or a lawyer right and I am one of them. <laughs> you got the teacher right Teacher's and, and or it's teacher yes um, and I do that too. Did I say that? I didn't say that. Okay. Well, we'll get to that. Mommy <laughs> 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 brain, bear with me. Um, but yeah, so I was just like, I absolutely don't want to be a nurse, but I'm going to do it because the OG, my mom, um, really wanted me to be a nurse. And that was kind of how they conditioned us to learn that these are the fields in America that will give you <laughs> Um, and so that was the message that always spoke louder to me. Um, as a Haitian parent immigrating to the States, what does stability look like? And stability has always looked like longevity in those specific fields. So I tried it and, um, I definitely was pursuing wasted time, but not really wasted wow. time because yeah. <laughs> I literally wasted years chasing being a nurse. Um, and it just wasn't for me. I always felt like even when it came down to bedside manner, a lot of the clients I had that I was taking care of, um, while I enjoyed taking care of them, a lot of them just wanted to talk. <laughs> and they wanted to talk about like what was bothering them or them maybe not wanting um, any form of uh, resuscitation if they were to die or um go into a code for instance they just wanted to be able to have hard conversations with their families about how they wanted to go if they were gonna go or what illness would look like or you guys don't have to walk on eggshells around me because i have certain diseases now um so i felt like i was on the therapeutic side of it anyway right um, you didn't have the work like you didn't have that position but you damn near was doing right yeah, yeah. So I just felt like, all right, well, <laughs> I think I, it's time for me to do what I want to do with my life. And a lot of that, again, had to do with my ability to grow and mm -hmm. use my voice, even in my family, um, to show them like, and you, Vicky also knows my husband, Greg, but we both are very similar in that, like, 
we've taken non-traditional routes that were that we were placed on by our parents mm-hmm. um and kind of built from there so that when we raise our child he recognizes like yo you can either go to school like your mom and even then you don't have to choose a career yeah. path yeah. that you absolutely think that we want right and that yeah or you can build something from the ground up and have no degree under your name um other than a high school education i still feel like you should have that high school education right (laughs) Right. um but that being said that's like what we did um so all those contributing factors is why i chose this field that's a good reason i like that story because that's important And it was funny when you said, like, you know, you would go into, like, the doctor's office and people would just want to talk and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Because I had a doctor's appointment the other day, and I'm literally talking to my doctors about, like, you know, my little personal issues. And I'm like, wait, I was like, she was like, you should get a therapist. And I was like, I felt bad because I'm like, I'm like, I'm mumbling, telling her all of my issues. And she, and this is like, you know, I'm like, you know, it's true. Like, we are all, we all go through so much stuff. And sometimes, you know. I'm going in for a regular checkup and I'm telling my doctor all this stuff and I'm not even realizing, you know, that it's good to have Mm -hmm. that outsourced and that, you know, that space. Like outside of your friends, I definitely think like having a therapist is like, I I had asked Geraldine guys, I don't know if I told you guys, I think I told you right now, that I had, Mm -hmm. I seen Geraldine the other day and I had asked her for a list of therapists because, I mean, I have friends, yes, I do, but I don't know if I can like, just keep talking to them about the same thing and get the same responses. Like, okay, I know my friends will be supportive. I know my friends will be there. But I mm-hmm. want to hear like, an outsider's point of view. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think right. it's important to have therapy. I think it's important to have, because I feel the same way, it's important to have somebody who you who doesn't know anything. Like, sometimes I feel right. like you can go to your friend and you might tell them, you might bear everything to your friend, but like your friend can definitely have their own views. And sometimes because they might know who you're talking about, or they might know people in your life personally, because everybody is friends, that they can have a biased point of view that could kind of steer you in a way and might not open up your mind to a different point of view that if somebody doesn't know you can give you that type of advice. I feel like a lot of times we need to talk to somebody who doesn't know anyone in our life who doesn't know anything about our life so we can um get a clearer um view on right. certain things and to open our minds to see things differently because oftentimes we kind of choose our friends according to like how we are like who are similar mm-hmm. to us and oftentimes you you don't a lot of people don't like to really I guess, tell the truth because you don't want to hurt your feel Like, you don't want to hurt your friend's feelings. Like, there's so many politics in when you, like, bear everything to people who know stuff about you right. and, and, like, mm-hmm. know de- details about your life. So, right. of course, like, I think that is really important to get an outside point of view and to look at different things because some people most likely, you, they had, might think the same way you think as far as your friends. And you don't right. get a, a different point of view and an open mind to certain situations to help you grow and think differently or react to certain situations differently. Right. I honestly can say that I, when I first went to school, like I went to school for psychology, like I started taking psychology classes and um, 
I don't, I don't know why I didn't, I like, I really think that it's really interesting, the human mind and like little mm-hmm. things like adolescence right. and all of that stuff. I do think that is interesting. So I do, so, like, I know little things about it. Um, I'm a very, you know, I like all of those, like, sociology, psychology, like, you know, child psychology is very, very interesting. I really don't know why I didn't go further, probably because school, like, obviously, like, doing that I, type of stuff too. school is not, like, it's just a lot of schooling. <laughs> I meant a lot of school. It's a lot of writing, but it's two things that I love. Like I realized, um, but just a quick, just a quick insert. Uh, I am currently in school. It's not something that I've been like broadcasting, but it's also like, I need to be able to make the change and impact in the communities that I claim to advocate for. So I'm going all the way. I'm currently in my doctorate program. Ooh, good for um, you. Congratulations. Because I wow. know school is hard. School is hard. <laughs> it really is. And the thing about it is like it's it's a time thing, right? Like it's a time management thing. And I have a lot going on. Um, but the particular program I'm in like works for my lifestyle for now. But that being said, every week when something's due, I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing now? What, what's going on? <laughs> Um, so yeah, but it's never too late. That was why I brought that up because I mean, there's so many different avenues too, that you can still like be a mental health professional without like having to do a ton of school. Um, but yeah, I love being in touch with people in this way. And I do think that it's important to have friends. Um, but like you kind of compartmentalize your, your problems, right? Like, what if your your issues are with your social circle? Then what you gonna do? You know, like, um, <laughs> right. So I think it's important to have different outlets of accountability for the same reasons that y'all was saying, so that you can not only have an outlet to speak, but an outlet to grow, right? And sometimes a fresh perspective will give you insight that you would have never seen or known because it's all about patterns of behavior mm-hmm. and how you change that and then everybody else around you will inevitably shift because you're shifting you're showing up a healthier version of yourself so every relationship will either better or worse but that's a good thing because what works for you yes yeah can i ask you a question how many people black people would you say our clients do you see like is it majority white people majority Mm, well, currently, um, currently, I work for an agency where I predominantly work with Black people. Oh, good for which, you. Yes, which I love. Um, but there's a lot of issues with that, <laughs> and I and I'm sure we'll black get to it. with the agency. <laughs> that I know. So the the agency is not run by Black people. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's the problem. Yes. So, and I'm I'm going to just reel in current events right now because this is where I'm struggling with where I'm at right now. So, the job I'm at is wonderful. I love it. However, I have issues with specific workplaces claiming to serve the black community but mm-hmm. not up and have no issuance of like a racial address to what's going on right now. Like you can't claim, in my opinion, 
to be serving a community that you're not advocating for. Um, right. You know what I'm saying? We're so seeing a lot of that I, now. Right. That's so funny that you say that, and I don't want to like it's so only because I don't want to bring insecure in, but that's exactly what she was going through, where right. it was like she's working about what is it? We got y'all, and like people don't they they don't know enough to see the problem mm. that they were that, that that they're doing. They they think they're they're helping, they're but in actuality. They're not they're totally oblivious to what's yes, really happening. They they don't understand. They they, the and they don't educate. They don't educate themselves to understand. But they think you know what I'm I'm a part of this. But they don't know anything about it. I, it's not. I'm not saying that they're just doing it just to be a part. But it's like you can't. I can't stand for something that I don't have any information about. Right. I don't know. Yeah. No, go ahead. Finish your point. And it's like, I, you don't know, like, certain things. Like, you're just ignorant to the fact that you don't know certain things that you're saying is offensive. You don't right. know certain certain things that, you know, that you advocate for or you're stereotyping without even knowing you're stereotyping. So right. I totally understand and, and not to, you know, I'm just going based off the show. But, like, I can be <laughs> oh, seeing it. I, yeah. <laughs> me seeing it on the show, I can totally kind of, like relate to that to understand it like what you mean by that yeah even um it's just frustrating because it's just like you recognize how the issue is a systemic issue like even down to helping our i have a lot of clients that are protesters i have a lot of clients that are black fathers i have a lot of clients that are black boys like i have across the lifespan and so you're profiting off of the community by providing them with services, but you're not even speaking out about race. So to a black person and your black clinicians, it feels as though you stand against us and not with us. So what, what actions are you doing from the hierarchy of CEOs and directors and yada, yada, yada? Like I, I felt compelled to reach out to my higher ups and address that. I was like, basically, yo, Y'all not going to say nothing? Like, <laughs> good. And good. You actually should. I just feel like we have to, in order to dismantle what's going on from a systemic perspective, you have to hold people accountable. Right. Um, meanwhile, I'm getting daily updates about coronavirus, which is still a thing. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But I'm just like, we're providing telehealth at this point. So everything is virtual. It's not mm -hmm. as much but an immediate threat for our clientele. We should still be educating them, but nothing is more important than what you see when you what turn your on the news. <laughs> right, because that's what's been on the news for the last five days. Yeah. And it affects... More than that. Right. It's like, mm -hmm. it, and that's what I was counting, Angie. I'm just like, oh, it's been over a week. It is yeah. literally like almost 10 days, if not, and we're saturated with it. The The location of the office even is closer to where the looting and rioting was. Y'all mean to tell me I'm not going to talk about it? Like, yeah. sleeping soundly at night, like it, it, there's a disconnect. And so that's yeah. what fuels me to do what I feel like I need to do for my people and for me, for people like right. me. Yeah. I want therapy too. The God honest truth is I don't think that 
um, I've always been in a position to afford therapy. So I was just like, all right, well, we're going to get to it when we get to it. And I know that experience. So I want to somehow bridge the gap between the need and what actually is available. Right. And that is so necessary nowadays. And I feel like the mask is coming on for so many brands and companies that, that do exactly what you're saying. They don't mm-hmm. have like people of color and the leadership roles and that's what they need. They need that. Right. So they can have a better understanding of what people go through. So, so did I answer your question? Yeah. Huh? Did I answer your question? No, it did. <laughs> I asked if it was majority. He was like, yes, right. but you can't even do it the way you want to because of the fact that right. you yeah. got higher up. That is right. yeah. Mm-hmm. I do want to ask you a question too. Um, okay. For like, how do you, what advice can you give people um, who feel like, what advice to cope with what's going on? Like, to be honest with you, like sometimes I don't want, like I try to avoid it. Like, I don't even want to go on social media because it makes me sad. Like, I don't even want to go on it because it like breaks my heart. But yet, like, I feel torn because it's like, damn, like, I look like I, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to say nothing. But like, when I do... It's mm-hmm. like, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even want to go. It's like, I'm not saying I'm trying to avoid it, but it literally, like, breaks my heart to see everything that's going on in every aspect. Like, to see people getting shot, to see people, um, protesters getting hurt. You know, like, just seeing yeah. a whole bunch of bloodshed. Like, like just, we're all going to need therapy after this is over. Yeah, yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> For so real, what, yeah. what, what advice can you give people to cope with, with the times that it's going, like, you know, what's going on? In- right. Because we're in the middle of a pandemic. Well, we're in the middle of two separate pandemics, right? <laughs> right. Um, so what I propose as suggestions are not like treatment prescriptions, right? So it's not going, it's not one size fit all. It doesn't necessarily work for everybody. And it may not work for you each time. Um, it's best to first approach how to cope with many different coping outlets and then you build it over time. Because again, one mechanism may work for one situation. So for instance, um, let's see, having, I don't know, working out may not helping, may not be helping people right now through the George Floyd, um, murder. I'm gonna call it a murder. Um, that's probably not helping a lot of people, but helping a lot of other people because being physically active can can help not distract your mind, but organize your thoughts so that you can channel it into something more productive. Um, so that's that's why I like to say that disclaimer, like not every coping outlet will work for every situation, yeah. uh, which is why it's best that you have options. Um, so now what can you do? Um, so you can protest, (laughs) but if you're not, um, there's different avenues of productivity, right? So you can find ways to either be a part of peaceful protests. Um, I'm not even going to share views on looting, rioting, and or protests. Do what you have to do because the whole shit has to come apart in order for us to build something new 
that is mm-hmm. inclusive of black people um mm-hmm. and so do what you have to do that being said do it responsibly um <laughs> and you can be a part of protests in your area you can sign petitions um you can schedule your social media and tv and all of that um engagement because i know that i needed to i was just way too angry i just mm-hmm. it moves and stages and everybody ah. <laughs> get away from me you can get so wrapped up in it like yeah you see one thing it makes you go to another thing then you're just there for hours just hours. getting it so many info so much information and then you're just like whoa like this is great like it's <laughs> it's about balancing between tuning in so you can be informed because um for instance i had um a client reach out to me um and they hadn't known that the other three officers had been yet arrested um and so a lot of their anger was around that that being said them being arrested honestly doesn't make me less angry but it's important to still be informed about the change of events because you're wasting time being angry about one of the timeline of events that you're missing the next one and how we can be proactive to facilitate change on a bigger level um so i think it's important to find a balance between what you are doing to consume what's going on and also scheduling it greg my y'all know greg anyway he uh, i'm not because i'm not a my husband kind of person so it sounds weird to just keep saying that at height so um greg can consume stuff 24 7. And I was just like, bruh, we go either have to take different floors or whatever because I can't. It's like messing with my whole immediate energy. And I'm like, I still got to show up for people therapeutically. And I'm not able to do that if I'm consuming information 24-7. So speak up if you're living with other people in your environment. Obviously, respectfully, just tell them where you're coming from. Of course, once I said that, he completely understood and we've just rearranged what it looks like for media in this household. Um, So that's important. Those are like small things that make a big difference, y'all. So I know it may sound like, all right, did that. But if if you're consistent with the balance between consuming information and and taking a rest from it, that helps a lot. Um, Because then you're, what else are you doing with your time, right? So if you're not consuming the media, um, taking care of yourself. Self-care is real. For me, mm-hmm. that looks like physical exercise. Um, I go for runs, although I haven't been able to really do that because the riding out here has been a little too dangerous. So um, so I haven't done that. But like working out and sweating is my thing. Uh, for instance, like with Ahmad Arbery's death, which is insane because it hasn't even really been a month since we learned of it. And now we're grieving someone else Mm -hmm. um, in addition to. But um, I think y'all saw the run for Ahmad. um, Yes. Yeah, we saw it. I guess, yeah. In in awareness and in hopes to bring enough justice, it just doesn't feel like you can ever do anything. The man was murdered. There is no justice. You killed him. Right. Like, but... A lot of people were running then, and that was really helpful for me because I really felt like when I went running, 
um, all the white people that I was around indefinitely knew what I was running for. Mm -hmm. Um, so stuff like that, physical activity or like, you know, all the, the stuff that we like to do as females, doing your toes, doing your nails. Yeah. Yeah. Facials. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that stuff, if you're taking, if you're reducing the amount of stuff that you're consuming on social media and just media in general and replacing it with more stuff that pours into you, then you can maybe wrap your head around being in a protest two weeks from now. It probably doesn't feel like you can do that now because you're just emotional now, which is totally fine ride with the wave of where your emotions take you just don't sit in those emotions for too long um, right that's great advice yeah you can show up and and if if you've never i bring up the protest again because i'm just like there's a lot of people i know that didn't think that they could be protesters and here we are they whatever it is of the protest and they're showing up and they're doing what they can for their community and for these like national events. Um, part of doing that though, was taking care of themselves first so that they can be stronger versions of whomever needs them mm -hmm. um, and whatever you're advocating for. Um, there's also like healing process groups or like virtual process groups where it's very much like this. Um, You've been so to one or you held one before? I've, I've held one. Um, that's what was going to be one of my questions for you, like um, virtual therapy and how that's working nowadays. I probably should host a big one. Um, it's just time, honestly, because I'm still doing therapy, like individual therapy um, with my clients. And yes, it is virtual. Angie, is that what you were asking? Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Okay. Um, do you want me to address it now or after? Oh, whenever you can address it now, whenever you want, since we're on the topic. Okay. Um, so, I mean, there's not much to say about the virtual aspect of it, but I do have some resources of how um, your audience and us in general can attend certain virtual therapy. Mm -hmm. They can either be group or individual. Um, because we're in the middle of two pandemics, a lot of the resources are free, so take advantage. Um, and, and some of them too, for instance, Taraji P. Oh, is that? Yeah, yeah I heard about her. Um, she has like a, an app, right? Yes, she has an app and she's partnered with an organization called Boris Henson Foundation. And essentially, she's endorsing this foundation to provide free virtual therapy for the Black community. Um, so this one is a little bit different because if you click on whatever link I provide, um, it will prompt you to make like a small donation so that it basically funds someone else's therapy session. And when you're interested, I think you just plug in your information and you go off of the faith that enough people have donated that your sessions are free. Um, wow. So he's the face of that. That would be the one that is most free <laughs> because <laughs> like, I don't feel like you would have to really worry about funding. I've not used that source personally, but I did have research that I feel like it's reputable. So, um, so there's that. Um, but overall there's tons of, telehealth is what they're calling it or telemental health 
um, virtual resources that will allow you to um, attend therapy for really cheap or free just because of everything that's going on today. Um, well, I don't like, I am, like I said, I want to take therapy, but I'm still very afraid of these things. Like, I, don't, I just not afraid. I just don't know what to expect. What can I expect in those type of sessions? Like, are they asking me some questions? Um, so there, I don't, I don't find the experience intimidating because I know how I operate as a therapist, especially in the beginning stages, you're joining with the client. So they don't know you and you don't know them. So it can actually be, think of the therapist, even though we're in positions of authority, I guess, like we don't know you. So that can be intimidating as well. Right. So a lot of the beginning parts of it is the getting to know the client. Um, and in the beginning stages, it, if you come with a pressing issue, because I tend to ask my clients in the first session, so have you been in therapy before? Um, tell me a little bit about yourself. Like what is triggering you to be now if you've never been in? Um, if you have been in before and you did like a while without therapy, great. What's bothering you now um, that is causing you to, to need therapy? Um, sometimes it's a simple answer, sometimes it's complex, depending on whatever they say, then we'll establish goals. I don't establish those goals. I help facilitate the client to establish those goals with them because it's not my life. I'm not the expert of the client. They are the expert of theirs. Those goals will inevitably change though because what you see that you need to work on as more times pass on, you'll either, some goals will no longer be relevant or because you've taken care of them um, and you've accomplished some level of growth or you'll realize like, dang, my issue is really not with my friends. Um, my issue is really with like my family um, mm -hmm. or, you know, damn, I really don't like have issues being single. I actually have issues um, with myself, just like insecurities within myself where I don't feel comfortable with my relationship with self, which is why I'm struggling to give me to um, other people. I mean, just like, yeah, I'm just saying like general things that I will come up against um, with some clients. So the process is very, it can be slow. I think the relationship you have with your therapist is important and you have to remember that you don't want such a significant person that's helping you. You don't want that foundation to go quickly. Um, now, if there are like issues, issues, like urgent issues, we're going to handle that as soon as possible, even if it is the first session. For instance, if somebody comes in experiencing like suicidal thoughts, we're taking care of that in the beginning, mm -hmm. right? So you kind of prioritize what the client's needs are, and that is decided upon the client. So you guys tell us what you need. Um, I always tell my clients, like my approach is, I, I'm a very like lighthearted, friendly, whatever going person, unless you cross me, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> For the most part, that's who I am. And I'm here to challenge you, not to tell you what you want to hear, what you need to hear, to be able to pacify you and sleep at night. 
That being said, if you're not ready for some of the stuff that we talk about, that's okay. I'll leave it alone. But understand that that problem will keep resurfacing because you avoidance does not eliminate problems. Um, mm. It actually enhances it. So at some point, we're going to talk about it. And they almost always appreciate that approach because I'm giving you control. You have the control to say if you're ready or not. But at the same time, um, you're recognizing that I, I'm just going to be this. I could be the first person and only person in someone's life that is telling them the real of their situation. And that can be scary because it's like, right, wait, right. I go to therapy. If, if we're never in therapy addressing these issues and no one's calling us out on our stuff, then you're repeating the same stuff your entire life. And then you're literally blocking yourself from levels of self-growth. So I think just keeping an open mind in the beginning stages, um, the questions aren't hard. The questions are about you. The issue is, are you ready to, to, to grow in the ways that you need to grow? And if you're not, that's okay. The therapist will help um, help you prioritize your needs and your sense of readiness for the, the growth process. Right. Wow. Yeah. I think it's essential. <laughs> I think everyone should do it regardless. <laughs> Vicky, I'm good. <laughs> I have that list still that you gave me of all these black women therapies, therapists mm -hmm. that I should try. So I'm going to try it. But I want to see you're all still in quarantine. I was mm -hmm. thinking do the virtual one to start off like yeah so, so it's a little more comfortable anyway right do you think male or female makes a difference like do you think like oh that's a good um, question male or female or like you know different races like do you think that that kind of makes a difference in your experience um yes hold on okay uh the ac cut off and i was like jesus help me it's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> Let's it's see. Hot. Oh, you guys are lucky. Today's kind of cold. Really? It's, it's humid. It's very humid. Yeah. Um, I think that it makes somewhat of a difference. Um, but that preference is usually the, the client. So, like, when you have an intake, which is like a consultation with either the receptionist or a therapist that does the intake, um, which is basically we're filling out a bunch of information about like your medical history, your mental health history, so on and so forth. You can say in, in that intake your preference for um, a male or a female therapist. Mm -hmm. In terms of the impact, I don't think that, um, I don't think that skill set is conducive to gender. Um, mm -hmm. I really think it's about your your level of comfort. Um, so I think that race is important as a preference right now. Um, but I don't think that age and gender really tell you a lot about a therapist's ability to be impactful in the ways that you need to. Um, but I always understand the preference. Um, especially when I first started doing therapy, my clients thought I was like the intern um, or would always have so when is it like in the first session? I'd be like, okay, so when is the therapist coming? <laughs> She's right yeah. here. So, oh, okay. <laughs> um, and I guess it's because like I do come off as like younger, but that 
it's also like before I guess I start speaking about therapy because I feel like as a professional like when that professional's hat is on like yeah. I don't sound as young as I looked yeah. you know what I mean? um so so I think that's that but I think that um race is important nowadays like I think that um, I'm learning a lot about the therapy field that I never even like thought of. Like, why has the therapy field been so saturated with white clinicians? Like, it <laughs> never dawned on me to even ask the question until more people started professing that they were black therapists, and I was like, "Damn, that's really important because you need to understand mm-hmm. what it's like to be a black woman, what it's like." To Hispanic woman, what it's like to be a white woman, I will never know. I will assume that a white woman's struggles are not this obviously not the same as my struggles. You don't know what it's like to have to feel like you have to silence yourself so you're not the angry black girl in the corner. You know, like um that type of stuff really matters. Um, But that's why I want my own practice. That's why I want to go all the way, even like from a degree standpoint, because it will give me seats at certain tables that I never thought I could even have access to. I never questioned my access just because it's, it's just always been, it's like a no brainer. It's just like, who came up with all these theories? Mm. A bunch of white men. I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) And there's there's such a need for it. Yes. So, I would never like it's just like um what's it called the people who look at your pussy what's those people gynecologists gynecologists <laughs> it's just like gynecologists. I'm sorry when I get a guy gynecologist I all of a sudden like my awkwardness goes so weird it's like I don't think you can answer any of the questions that I really have you don't know what the hell's going on down there you never experience a cramp you don't yeah, know when it's right. going to give birth. Get out of here. I'm sorry. I'm never going My to. My gynecologist is a guy, too, and I'm just saying, like, wait, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. you definitely try to go with somebody that looks like you, although they're not you, well, of course, but. Right, right. Yeah, I totally agree. That's why I wish you could be a therapist, Geraldine, because you're everything that I need. Well. But what if, uh, but, I mean, this might be bad, but, like, what if somebody says, like, of preference like what if somebody just wants an older therapist because they come with more you know people probably think yeah. they come with more knowledge and you know they've been through more things so like preferably like oh i probably would want an older one because they just know more right. you're like how do you feel about that so i mean i get it right mm-hmm. um but i've also seen some of the people that are pointed out by clients as as clinicians that look like they know more um Mm -hmm. for instance my director um was in my program my grad program um and she actually was there for a post master's certificate so she already had a master's and she came to the program to get basically some form of a certification um and one time a client of mine did prefer um that he sees her, but it doesn't necessarily mean that at the time she was still mm-hmm. interning and I had, You're level right. right. So like technically if we're talking about, um, skill set and knowledge and stuff, there's stuff that she's still learning that I already know. But right. I also, when people have age 
differences or age preferences rather um it comes from a, a level of comfort i have a lot of clients that have lost their mothers and want a black um woman as a therapist and to mm. me it's to not replace but make those roles synonymous um but whatever mindset that a person has wrapped around their preference it inevitably to me will just unwind as more time passes by right um, because if if the black female therapist that you need is because in your mind you think that you need more woman influence and it turns into a lot more of the same, just like you choose partners to kind of replace the fact that you don't have a mother or a good mother or whatever that looks like for people. Um, that will crumble like halfway through therapy. <laughs> All of that will come to, to pass and it's like, oh, okay. Like, so here's what you actually need. And whether you're ready for that or not is up to you but you can't expect a therapist to be your mother there's the same way you can't expect a, a female to be your mother right um so it's really just about like roles but i think sometimes again it is good like a lot of parents obviously want like my age or older for therapists they have a hard time with like younger looking therapists but we don't have to ethically answer how old we are as therapists so you technically right. never know how old yeah. I am. It's based off of what you see. And what you see is obviously skewed right down the race. Mm -hmm. um, you might think that someone yeah. is, um, is black because they are biracial, but they actually identify with the white side of them more than they mm -hmm. identify with the black side of them, right? So yeah. that, the preference stuff can get real complex real quick. Um, but we okay. always honor them up front because it's not up to us to tell you who and what you want. Um, yeah. Like the other side of it, like the, the side that we're trained on, there's a lot of reasons why people have preferences. Um, I guess this brings me to my question. Um, how do you, what are the steps like someone should do when looking for a, a therapist? Like you think they should, you know, research? Cause I know that's really hard for people like to find a good one. So, like, mm -hmm. What are like some steps that people can do to try to figure out or find good therapists? So there's tons of like online directories and websites now. Um, but I don't think that you should always start there. I think that inevitably I don't think telehealth is going anywhere, um, like virtual therapy. Um, so that can be a good thing, but a lot of people prefer including person therapy sessions because there's just nothing like it. Um, connecting in person is just a no-brainer, whereas like you have a physical device between you, it can sometimes be a little bit weird, especially if you're starting out that way. Um, but I would start with um, your health insurance. What health insurance mm. do you have? Um, because if you start with a directory and you find someone that you think looks like they're going to do the job, right. um, they may not take your insurance. And now you are responsible for their entire um, service. And a lot of right. sessions from like $50 per session up until like $150, $200 per session. Wow. Um, depends on the, the person. Some people will provide um, 
opportunities for like um, insurance reimbursement even. So if they take your insurance or don't, there's cer certain things that can be done where it's like, okay, well, you attend this session and um, you'll pay for it, but we, uh, your, your insurance company will reimburse for the session by the end of the month. So if you have like two sessions a month because you go on every other week or four because you're going every week, by the end of the month, you should expect some form of a reimbursement. Every insurance not company. Oh. oh, that's not um, bad. Yeah. So, and then some therapists will be willing to do um, like sliding scale fees, which are based on your income. So if you're not making a lot right now, that's fine. You can pay what you can. And then when you make more, if that happens, then you can move up to making more that's conducive to your income. So that's why I think it's important to start with the health insurance because mm -hmm. you call your health insurance company, you find out what mental health providers in the area um, are taking your insurance. Um, and then that will inevitably lead you to the next step, which is what kind of therapist do you want? Do you want someone that is trauma focused? Do you want someone that uh, like me treats basically individuals, couples, families across the lifespan. Do you want mm. a child development therapist? Um, you you can marriage counseling, kind of, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. If you're if you're confident with the directories, there's tons of directories where you can literally just like kind of like when you're ordering food, like you can order a therapist, like you can <laughs> <laughs> go through a list and. Funnel specific your, yeah, your zip code. If you uh, race is on there too, uh, gender is on there. So you get a list full of um, all the people that you think that you need as a therapist. Um, and then you make the call. And right now, everyone's making some form of a, an accommodation. So now would be the time, honestly, because a lot of stuff is free um, or really, really, really cheap. And I would right. take advantage of yeah. that. Some of the directories, just to name drop, and then you guys can include it. Yeah, where. send us the link. We can share it. Yeah, too. we'll post it on our social and stuff like that. Okay. So there's obviously therapy for Black girls. There's something also called Black Female Therapist, and I have a link to click on that where it will take you straight to the Black Female Therapist website. And you fill out some information and they basically will connect mm -hmm. you with therapists in your area. So it kind of, they're doing the, the footwork for you, but that would be cool because that process can maybe feel a little overwhelming. Um, there's psychology today. There's ZocDoc. There's Talkspace, which is predominantly. Oh, I've seen that one. Yeah. So, seen that one that got the commercial with that swimmer. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. What's his name? What's Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps, yeah, he has like a commercial for Talkspace. Mm -hmm. So there's Talkspace, there's, um, what's that other one? BetterHelp is also another like exclusively virtual therapy service. Um, and then another directory would be Open Path Psychotherapy Collective. That's for lower income individuals and families in general. Um, and then there's BEAM, which is Black Emotional and Mental Health, and they have uh their own sets of therapists that either provide therapy or they connect you with other therapists again everything is like damn near free that i'm listing so yeah. i would have 
advise that someone take advantage. <laughs> right, for sure. Because they're locking you in at least till the end of 2020 since everything is so uncertain about mm. COVID and everything. So, yeah. The least we can do is work on our mental. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, we need it. If we can't I'm definitely go gonna do it. I'm definitely I'm gonna, gonna do it. Too. it. I'm gonna I start feel like I said, like yeah. Like, I feel like 2020 has been my year for like my mind. self, my mental, and everything. Yes. Like I can't go nowhere. You can't do nothing. So I've been reading mm-hmm. a lot. So definitely right. try. Self reflection is real during these times. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I'm glad that it was so important to have you on. Geraldine, first of all, yeah. thank you. We do um, a moral of the story if you want to do one to wrap everything up. Yeah. Um, go to therapy. <laughs> That's a right. good one. There it That's is. That's a good one. That is a good one. <laughs> if okay. you ever were in between or whatever, don't be intimidated by it there's a lot of people that look like you that's going through the same like me being a therapist does not mean i'm an expert on problems by the way <laughs> if anything it means that i have more of them because <laughs> that's because bringing like, other people's problems into you <laughs> so it's a bigger scope on top of being a wife and a mom like it, it's a lot but i really think that being in touch with people especially through this pandemic um and everything happening with racial injustice uh, i've felt multiple times like god i don't know how i'm gonna do my job today like how do i show up for people when i feel depleted like i feel like there's only but so much i can do i want to be able to do more and that's why i feel like this is more purposeful for me because i really be feeling like god just fills me up with all that i need to do his work and the end of the therapy day will be over. And I'm like, damn, I really did it. Like, I don't understand how. But <laughs> I'm connected to my own set of, like, mentors, support systems, and all of that that kind of keep me in check. Um, so I say all that to say so that you understand that your therapist is not an expert, but your therapist is human. And it's not okay to sit on your problems and try to navigate life in confusion. So please go to therapy. Oh, that was a great moral. Right. Story. That was good. With that being said, be real, be you, and, and be, be honest. honest. <laughs>